text for the proclamation this morning is verses uh, 19 and 20 of Hebrews 6. We'll read those two verses again at the end of Hebrews 6. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I assume you've looked at our church website, oschurch.ca, and that you noticed the church's anchor and Bible logo on the top left-hand corner. Anchor, and then it's combined with the Bible. And maybe you know, but the, since ancient times, the anchor has been the symbol of Christian hope. Hope in the promises of God's Word. Hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The thing is, though, do we really hope in those glorious promises of God's Word? The hope of salvation the hope of renewal, the hope of heaven, where we've been promised everlasting joy with God. It's hard to imagine those promises in this world in which there is so much brokenness, brokenness, so much struggle. This world in which we see death and conflict around us, in which we ourselves experience a lot of stress, then God's promises sometimes might seem to us like pie in the sky. We like to feel things, see things, hold things in our hands. But we hope for what we do not see, as the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8. And that can be hard to do, to hope for what you do not see. Especially if what you see goes against, it seems to go against the hope that you hold to. But that's the unique thing about our Christian hope. We hope for things we can't see. That does make it hard sometimes to continue in that hope, to keep hoping. We're constantly busy with the here and now of our lives. We need to do our work here, we, our studies for school and so on. We're so busy and taken up in those things, our relationships. We have to take care of our family, take care of the business, all the responsibilities and the stresses of life, and then 
And then it can be that we wonder if what God has promised and what the Lord Jesus Christ will really come true are, are real. This life seems so real. What we hope for sometimes so unreal. While the earliest Christians struggled with the same kind of things, you see that all the way through the letter to the Hebrews. They were having a hard time keeping focused on those promises of God, keeping the reality of those promises in heart and mind. The pressures of everyday life were consuming them, so they were losing sight of the promised rest. You know, if you think back on Hebrews 4 and so on. In danger of drifting away from things they had heard from the Word. Think of chapter 2. In danger of becoming sluggish in their faith and hope, and so losing the promised inheritance. If you think about what was said earlier on, in chapter 6. That's why the Spirit sets about giving encouragement in our text. Don't lose sight of God's promises. Don't become sluggish in your faith and life of faith, he says in Hebrews 6, for God certainly does what he says in his word. He does what he says he's going to do. Look at Abraham. God made wonderful promises to Abraham. He even confirmed those promises with an oath, which wasn't actually, wasn't even necessary. But God does everything he can to make sure that we see that it's true, that what he promises will come true. Abraham never saw the fulfillment of those promises in this life, but he believed and he patiently lived in the hope of those promises that God would do as he had promised, and those promises came true for him. Abraham inherited the ultimate promised land, which is heaven. And we know that because in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, then Jesus pictures Abraham at the feast of the redeemed in heaven. What God promised will most certainly come true. It'll come true because of Christ who died, rose, and ascended into heaven for us. The Christian hope in all that's promised in the Bible is not an uncertain or idle hope like when people say, I hope it'll stay nice weather all fall. When you hope that, you can't be sure. You just wish it would. But that's not what Christian hope is. Christian hope is sure and steadfast certain what's promised in the word what god has promised will come true certainly come true and that's what the text for this morning shows us and i preach to you the word of god in that text with this theme the christian hope is a sure and steadfast anchor for our souls we see three things the function of that anchor the solid place of that anchor and the one who has thrown out that anchor So first of all, that the function of that anchor. The text begins with the words, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. 
the writer to the letter, the letter of the letter to the Hebrews is thinking here of a ship. He has in mind a ship. And a ship doesn't, you know, a ship doesn't always sail on nice calm seas. Usually not. Sometimes the water is rough. Sometimes you get sudden storms which make it hard to control a ship. It's tossed around by wind and waves. Can even be blown toward the shore, toward the rocks where it'll get wrecked with loss of cargo and maybe crew. Think of all the wrecks along the shore of Georgian Bay toward Tobermory. You can take a tour and see all the wrecks at the bottom of the lake there. Ships lost in storms, lives lost. Well, ships have anchors. And those anchors are used to secure the ship offshore. For instance, when it's waiting to go into the harbor to unload its cargo or to load up. But anchors are also used to secure and stabilize a ship when there's rough seas and the ship is uncontrollable. The anchor is thrown overboard, hold the ship in one place, prevent it from drifting away from where you don't want it to go or from being broken by waves or smashing into the shore. An anchor holds the ship steady. An anchor is a reassuring thing, comforting for the people on a ship to know they have an anchor to hold it in place so they're not going to go and end up where they don't want to go and end up. The text speaks of an anchor of the soul. Interesting to think of, of your soul having an anchor. The word for the word soul, with that word soul, the spirit here has in mind your life, your spiritual life, your life of faith. You have an anchor for your spiritual life. Your spiritual life is like a ship on the sea. And those seas are always restless. And the winds blow and sometimes the winds can suddenly come up and the waves become huge and smash against the ship of your life. You've experienced that, I'm sure. Sometimes, in other words, the difficulties and worries and sorrows of life can become waves that throw your life around and threaten to engulf it or smash it against the rock. Sometimes your spiritual life, your life as members of, of the church is hit so hard you're about to lose your way. You drift toward the rock. You lose courage. You feel your faith is in danger of becoming shipwrecked. Remember, though, at those times that your soul has an anchor. Your soul has an anchor. Understand, then, that you don't need to be tossed around spiritually and that your faith doesn't need to suffer shipwreck. No, in all the restlessness and, and in all the storms of life, realize that you have this anchor on the ship of your life. You're anchored. That anchor is out. In other words, you may live in the hope, in the conviction 
that God is going to keep all His promises to you no matter what happens in your life. And then you can think there of the promises He gave at your baptism, the promise to take care of you and avert all evil or turn it to your good, the promise to forgive all your sins, the promise to renew your life and bring you into His eternal kingdom with all His elect. The, the, the fulfillment of those promises is certain. God is faithful. His plans and promises will not fail. He finishes what He began. He will make all things new. See, we can live in that sure hope through all the ups and downs of life as church, together, and personally. That's our anchor, that hope. That hope of the fulfillment of everything God says in His Word. And that anchor then gives us stability, keeps us steady, comforts us, holds us stable in all the instability of life in this broken world. That hope anchors your soul and keeps it from spiritual shipwreck, from spiritual disaster, from ending up in unbelief. And that's not because of yourself, because of your hope in God's promises itself, in that anchor of the soul itself. No, it's because of the place where that anchor is dropped. And that brings us to the second point of the sermon, the solid place of that anchor. The certainty of your hope can't come from yourself. We're not in any state in ourselves to hope in the fulfillment of all God's promises, to live out of that hope ourselves. So where does that, that certainty, that steadfastness of that hope lie? Think about that image of the anchor again. If a ship needs to be anchored in a certain place and not be tossed around by wind and waves, what is needed? Not just the anchor itself. An anchor can be thrown overboard, but if it lands on soft sand or mud or on top of a hard rock, it's not going to hold the ship. It'll just drag over the bottom of the sea. No, the, the anchor needs a good place to hook onto if it's going to be of any use. The bottom of the sea, the place where the anchor is thrown, is of utmost importance if it's going to hold the ship steady. So back to the anchor of the soul of our text, to the Christian hope. When... Can that anchor really function in your life? When does it give your life stability, certainty, comfort? Well, when you know the place where that anchor is thrown, where that anchor lands, and where is that anchor of hope thrown according to our text? Where is it dug into 
according to our text, it says there, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and then follows, which enters the presence behind the veil. Which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. It's a very special reference to heaven here because it's about heaven. And heaven is pictured here in terms of the Old Testament worship in the temple. The veil mentioned here brings you to imagine that veil or curtain in the temple in front of the Holy of Holies, a huge, thick curtain, veil, that kept people out of the Holy of Holies, in front of the place where God lived among His people, above the Ark of the Covenant, above the mercy seat. And you know that the high priest was the only one allowed to go through that veil, and then he was only allowed to do that once a year, to sprinkle the blood of atonement on the mercy seat on the ark. And that Holy of Holies was actually the earthly representation of the heavenly Holy of Holies, where God's throne really stands. And that's what our text is actually referring to, that heavenly holy of holies. Well, Jesus Christ has gone into that holy of holies in heaven, where God is enthroned. He died. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And there he entered the Holy of Holies where God lives and is enthroned. And he took his own blood there. The blood he gave for the atonement for the sins of all those the Father had given him, his people, his precious blood which he as high priest gave for us on the cross, which is a solid basis for the fulfillment of all the promises God ever made. He took that into the, the throne room. And congregation, that's the place in which the anchor of our souls is then thrown into the heavenly holy of holies where the blood of Jesus is, the blood that redeems and saves us, the blood that makes us right with God the blood that causes all God's promises to be fulfilled. You see how wonderful that image of the anchor is? Throw, normally, you know, you throw an anchor down into the depths. Gravity pulls it down to the seabed. But the anchor in our text does not obey the laws of gravity. Now, when this anchor is thrown out, it goes up, up, up to heaven. And behind the veil and into the throne room of God, into the real holy of holies above, where God is enthroned above the cherubim. 
And this anchor is secured there at God's throne. Right on the spot where Jesus presented the blood of the covenant before God's throne. And congregation, there's no more sure and steadfast place for the anchor of your soul to be embedded than there at that throne of God. For you realize that your hope in the fulfillment of all God's promises is solidly anchored there in that blood of Christ. Nothing, nothing at all in heaven or on earth can ever separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ anymore. Nothing can stop any of God's promises to you in his word or at your baptism or at the Lord's Supper next Sunday from being fulfilled. You can be 100% certain God will fulfill what he has told you and his people, what he has promised you, that will become reality. And sometimes you don't see it. Why is my life going this way? Why is this happening? Congregation, don't lose that hope because God's promises are anchored solidly anchored, they will come to fulfillment, even if it doesn't look at all like it. And congregation, that your hope is solidly and securely anchored in heaven is going to have an effect on your life here then, isn't it? In all the winds and the currents and the, the waves of life, you can believe that your life is anchored in heaven then. In all the circumstances of life, you can believe that you're connected to heaven. And heaven isn't going to let you drift away completely. Oh yes, you'll go up and down the waves, but you will not drift away. You will not be shipwrecked. And you may also believe that no matter what, even to your last breath that your life is secure with God in Christ, in his blood, and your eternal future with him is secure, certain. There are a lot of people today, you know, who look for security here, in things here, who only hope in what they can see. Drop their anchor of hope down in things here. Seek safety and stability in their life, in their own abilities, or in what this earth has to offer. Seek constancy in family or friends or money or possessions, or they seek it in fame or power or beauty or so. And sometimes we as Christians can also feel drawn Sometimes to seek our security and certainty in the things here too, right? Especially today when so many seek their whole existence here. People think and act as if this life is the whole thing. 
This is it. This is all there is. But everything that people hold fast to here, in this life, in all the ups and downs of their lives, the things that they're going to hold fast to here and anchor to here, that's all going to fail them. It'll fail in the end. We know, though, that you can have, you can live and also die in real security and certainty if you look up and if your anchor is hooked up there. Christ is up there. His blood is there at God's throne. Focus your hope on that blood there behind the veil in heaven, and then you'll never suffer shipwreck here on earth. Your life will never be a disappointment even if you don't get out of it what you think you could, your life won't be a disappointment because it's anchored to the promises of God which will be fulfilled. It's anchored in Christ, His blood. And you will see blessing no matter what. His blood is the guarantee. Christ was cursed so that you might be blessed. We come to the last point of the sermon, the one who has thrown out that anchor. Maybe hearing all this, you still wonder, you know, how can I live with that Christian hope? How can I live here and now in the light of that connection with heaven? I can profess that hope is the anchor of my soul in all circumstances, that always gives me certainty, but I've, I've never actually seen the place where that anchor is embedded. How can I know for sure that it's well secured there? It's true. You know, here on earth, you can't see where that anchor of hope is secured in heaven. You can't see that from here. You can't look into heaven from here. But that's no reason to doubt it, right? The captain of a ship here doesn't see where his anchor is secured after he has thrown it overboard either. It disappears into the depths out of sight. He doesn't see it. And yet he will know quite certainly that it's secure there. And he will know that because his ship doesn't drift all over the place, isn't tossed around by wind or waves. Well, that's something like how a Christian knows for certain that his or her hope is surely and steadfastly anchored in heaven too. When you focus your hope in Christ in heaven, your heart comes to rest in this life. You experience the peace that goes beyond understanding. You experience then the truth of what verse 20 of the text says, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. You hear in those words the assurance that your anchor of hope is securely fastened in heaven then. Jesus Christ did that. After he died and rose again, he ascended into heaven, as we mentioned, to his Father. He ascended there as our mediator, Son of God, but also Son of Man, 
with our flesh. He bodily ascended into heaven in the presence of his disciples. They witnessed that. And thus he laid that secure connection between heaven and earth. He secured that anchor of hope there for all God's people, for all believers. He, he secured that anchor there in heaven at God's throne. And in fact, it says in our text, he went there as our forerunner. Forerunner. Forerunner is someone who goes ahead to announce and prepare the way for others to follow. That's what Jesus Christ did when he ascended into heaven. And notice then, too, that other term used to describe Jesus, high priest. When he ascended into heaven, he entered the heavenly holy of holies with his blood, the blood of the atonement as a priest. That's why he could also be our forerunner for what the Old Testament priest could not do, Jesus could do as forerunner and high priest. The Old Testament high priest could never take his people into the holy of holies. Oh, yes, they were on on the breast piece, represented in stones, but he could never take the people themselves in there. Jesus Christ, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, the high priest who holds his office, in other words, forever, he entered the heavenly holy of holies as our forerunner, and with his blood, the blood of atonement for our sins, he opened the way for us to God. He opened that veil so we can be where he has gone. That means, congregation, that those who are joined to him by faith and hope will also certainly follow him there. We'll be able to come to clo as close to the Almighty God as the Lord Jesus is now in heaven. As it says in the Gospel of John, he went there to prepare a place for us that we may be where he is. He's waiting there for us. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, do you realize that in the light of what our text says, we can live in peace and security today no matter what happens in this world? And no matter what happens to us, oh sure, there'll be scary times and times when your emotions are up and down, but we know in our hearts, though, that our lives are securely anchored in heaven at God's throne. And then your life can sometimes be a ship on a raging storm, but even then, you don't have to panic. You don't need to panic. No, you know that your life is anchored. Is anchored. And you can continue to live in the certainty that God will not let you go, but that he will fulfill all his promises to you. His salvation will be full for you. Everything has to work for your good. His mercy is great. And at the same time, then, you also will realize that that distance between heaven and earth is becoming less every day 
the, the chain is becoming shorter, the anchor chain. For the day of Christ's return is coming closer. John saw it in Revelation, heaven coming down to earth. That's happening. He will come again as he went up into heaven, the Lord Jesus. He will come again in glory to completely fulfill all God's promises gloriously. And then heaven and earth will be united and will live with God in perfect peace forever. Congregation, you know, just, just think of some of that when you look at that logo on our website or on our letterhead. There's a lot to that logo. I hope you think of some of this when you see it again, that it helps you remember what a sure hope we have in heaven. That thinking of that logo comforts and reassures you. Amen.